This is the Washington State Wire podcast, a podcast on the policy, politics, and economics of Washington State. Here's your host, DJ Wilson. Welcome to another edition of our Washington State Wire podcast. My name is DJ Wilson, and we are at the front end of the 2019 legislative session here as we bring you this podcast. But our recording, uh, the interviews that we are about to bring to you, were actually recorded in mid-December at our 2018 Washington State Rewire Policy Conference. And uh, we're really excited about this because the conversation we had then was, I think, powerful and, and energizing for some and sort of frustrating maybe for some others. But we had a series of Democratic legislators-elect join us and take questions from the audience, take a few questions from me, and we've brought you that here in the podcast we've got for you this week. So we had with us at the time Senator-elect Mona Doss from the 47th Legislative District, who came out of a contentious race. Claire Wilson, Senator-elect out of the 30th Legislative District, who also faced a bit of a challenging race. All these candidates faced challenging races. In fact, all these candidates, I should just note, all of them knocked off incumbents, which is really very uncommon uh, in, in many cases of our legislature. A lot of times people will run in open seats or they'll get appointed through a Democratic precinct committee officer process. But these folks all knocked off incumbents. So in addition to Senator-elect Doss and Senator-elect Wilson, we had Lisa Callan, representative-elect out of the 5th Legislative District. And Jesse Solomon, out of the 32nd Legislative District, he took out a sitting incumbent Democratic senator and beat her in the general election. With Senator-elect Jesse Solomon, Senator-elect Claire Wilson, Senator-elect Mona Doss, and Representative-elect Lisa Callan, this was recorded in mid-December, bringing it to you now on the start of January, ahead of the 2019 legislative session. So without further ado, let's jump into that conversation. Senators-elect, representatives-elect, thank you very much for making time to be with us. I appreciate it. Why don't we start here on this end, and we'll just have each of you introduce yourselves. Yeah, I'm uh, Lisa Callan. I'm from the 5th Legislative District, which starts in Issaquah, goes up to the top of the pass, Nogwami Pass, and comes just south of Duval and just north of Enumclaw. And uh, I currently serve on the Issaquah School District School Board. I come from that background in education, my career, and... Uh, Work that I've done before that was in the tech sector and in computer science software development. I worked for Boeing for 14 years, and then I went into consulting in uh, software lifecycle developments for e-commerce, and then um, had my son and then jumped into the education world. Hi, my name is Claire Wilson. I'm Senator-elect um, from the 30th Legislative District, which is South King County. It includes unincorporated Auburn, Federal Way, Algona Pacific, and Milton, and a little bit of Des Moines. Um, I am currently also on Federal School Board, been on the board seven years in the last year of my second term. Uh, last election, worked as a field organizer for a campaign in the 31st, which is where I learned to knock on doors. And uh, for the last 35 years, have been working in uh, early learning and K-12 education, specifically around really that cross-system sector work and how we align our programs and our practices so that young kids and young families start uh, early and often with what they need so that we can have totally different outcomes on the other end. Um, my background is also 
public health, and so I look at things from an issue orientation and also from a public health perspective, whether it's housing, whether it is drugs and alcohol abuse, whatever it is, if there's a problem that's greater than one group of people, we need to look at it as a public health solution. And I look forward to representing the constituents of the 30th, um, who for, I think, quite a long period of time may not have felt like all of them have been represented. And thanks so much for having me here today. Thank you. Uh, my name is Jesse Solomon. I will be representing the 32nd district in the state Senate. That's shoreline, parts of Seattle, northwest part of Seattle, Linwood, Woodway. So it's it's a very urban district. I've been the city council member and current deputy mayor of Shoreline uh, for about seven years and for the next week or so. I was also, for the last 10 years, working as a public defender for King County. And that's kind of where I got the sense that we were doing the same things. We, we were serving people. I think we were doing good legal work, but uh, most of our clients were homeless or uh, you know had co-occurring substance abuse disorder, mental health issues. And, and so we'd help them out, send them on their way, and then a month later, they're back in jail. So I said, you know, we're spinning our wheels. I could do this my whole life where I could look at intervention points um, to sort of head this off. And I think that early learning and early childhood education has been shown to be the right place to start. I'm, I, I'm very happy about the McCleary funding, the McCleary situation from the courts, but unfortunately, early learning wasn't part of that, and so I think we need to uh, increase our investments there. So that's a large reason why I ran. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Mona Das. I am a senator-elect in the 47th District, which includes Kent, Covington, and Auburn. I'm very honored to be here, and um, we all came through a pretty grueling campaign cycle, so we're really excited. My background is my family came here from India when I was eight months old with $6. So truly uh, one of those immigrant stories that you hear about. Um, I am a product of that uh, really good legislation that allowed my family to come to this country. Really excited about giving back. I've had a mortgage business for the last 14 years. And so I really specialize in first-time home buyers. So I'm really excited to be on the Housing Stability and Affordability Committee, the new one uh, with Senator Kruger, and I'll be the vice chair for that committee. So I'm really excited about doing that work. My passion, oh, I have lots of passions, um, but one of them is the environment. And so I have an MBA in sustainable business, so I'm really excited to dig really deep into the tourism and environment committee that I'm on. And I'm, I think I'm going to do a theme every year, and so my theme this year is the Orcas Can't Wait. Thank you all for coming and telling us a little bit about yourselves. Uh, all of you ran in really hard races where you beat incumbents. That's really uncommon. If you sort of chart the 147 members of the legislature, a number of them run for open seats. A number of them are appointed in positions. Claire, I'm wondering what you took away about public service from this particular race, running against an incumbent in a tough race, how does that sort of inform the work that you're about to do in the legislative session? I'll just say who I am informs my work. And um, as I said, I've been on the school board for seven years. And seven years ago, I talked with Senator Melosha and asked him what it would take to win in the 30th legislative district for my school board race. And he said to knock on doors and to get 50% plus one. I never wanted to run for school board, and I certainly never thought I was going to run for a state senate seat. But I also know um, over the last seven years, not only nationally what's happened, but even locally what's happened. 
um, we have an incredible shift in our demographics in our community. Um, when you look at legislation and policy and voice that was coming from the Senate side of our elected officials in the 30th, uh, that voice did not represent at all uh, the constituents, at least the majority of the constituents in the 30th legislative district. Um, I identify as LGBTQ, and I have an 18 and a 21-year-old, and um, sat in the gallery the day that uh, Senator Melosha voted against the conversion therapy, um, and have been actively engaged in listening to uh, conversations about women being unchristian and un-American when they speak up and out around reproductive rights and choice. Those were two huge issues for me uh, as a mother and as a woman myself, and as, one, and as one who has lived in the 30th for over 20 years, not seen myself or heard myself represented. Um, and as a school board director, I can do quite a bit. Uh, but as a state senator, I can do a whole bunch more when it really comes to changing the trajectory, not only for families like myself, but for any family who comes to a table. I also know I walk with privilege, and I use that privilege every single day to make sure that this world is a better place for our community. And I just don't feel like that has been uh, the mindset um, that's been happening in the 30th. So Jesse, knocking off an incumbent member of your own party is a big deal. It's, I think there's significant changes in the Senate Democratic Caucus. How do you think your race, but all of the races in 2018 will change the nature of the Senate Democratic Caucus? So I, I think we have a more diverse caucus uh, in terms of gender, in terms of uh, orientation, and in terms of um, number of people of color. So I think that's great. I'm also sensing less of a hierarchy in the caucus. I, I used to think, you know, you're coming in as a freshman, you get out stuck on all the bad committees, and, and you don't have a say, and you better not say anything uh, for a year or two until, until you figure out what's what. And, you know, I'm sure there's some of that. And, uh, but I, I do think that there's a real openness with uh, Majority Leader Billing and, and so on to, to be really inclusive, solicit ideas, and to say each one of you uh, are here for a reason on your own talents, and you bring expertise to the table, and we're going to use that to make the caucus stronger. I, it's really exciting for me, just being able to contribute from day one is, is what I think will happen. Lisa, let me ask you the same thing about the house. Obviously, you all are spending, I've only spent a little bit of time, but it's been very high value, very intense time in terms of getting reorganized for the session. But in the House, how do you feel like this 2018 election and the class of, of freshmen will change the nature of the House Democratic Caucus? Well, I think um, very similar to what Jesse had to say. I think we had 12 new members in the Democratic Caucus. Um, and with that, we had uh, nine women. And I think the, the voices and the messages just coming in initially, so I've had two weeks of interaction between orientation and reorganization and that type of, that type of work for the caucus and just immediately feeling hugely supported, hugely welcomed, um, I think very equal in a voice immediately. And I think that that's very, um, that's very important, that we felt like we could come in and be heard and have a, um, an opportunity to engage and feel productive and represent not only our district, but what we think is really truly for the greater good of the state. The other aspect of that, that at a couple of weeks was the time I also got to spend 
with the Republican caucus as well and the new members there, right? And being able to share that time and get to know and just really honor, I think, that we're all coming from our own backgrounds and our own context, so we all have a voice and a value to add. And it's really important that we take the time to do deep listening to everybody that's speaking and talking, and then that's what's going to give us the, the real sustainable policy in the end. Mona, well, similar question, but uh, from the perspective of a, a woman of color, does it feel like there is, I mean, it seems like empirically there's a stronger voice for people of color in, in the legislature as a whole. How will that change the nature of some of the conversations related to social or economic equity or other issues that maybe in some folks' opinion have not been given adequate uh, exposure? Do you think that's going to change as a result of more people of color entering the legislature? I hope so. You know, I'm 47 years old, and I have been in this country most of my life. I came here, like I said, when I was eight months old. And I love when Claire says she walks with privilege, and she recognizes that privilege. It makes me love her even more every day when she says that. And I also feel like I walk with privilege um, because I'm a model Asian, right? I'm a model immigrant, or and, and so I do walk with privilege as well. And I've done a lot of diversity training, and I've done a lot of um, really looking at the privilege that I walk with, and there isn't a lot of it. I think there is there, it's there, but it's not. And um, as Jesse and Lisa mentioned, to be at the table, I worked very hard to be at the table, and I'll even say I worked harder than all of them to be at this table. Um, you know, I was born in India in a village, like a little tiny, teeny village. And so for me to get here and to be sitting at this table with them is unusual. It needs to, there needs to be more of it. And every room I go in, there are five people of color in that room. And y'all know who you are because we're always in the rooms with white folks. And that has to end. So not only does the legislature need to change, but so are the people coming to the legislature. In fact, I will show you in my notebook we sat in two days with the committee meetings, and I started to notice every testifier, every person in every committee meeting did not look like me. They looked more like Jesse and DJ. And in fact, I started making notes. I have tick marks, and I will show you my notebook. It will shock you. And so any of you lobbyists that are in this room, you know that I've already made it very clear that I expect something different. I'm going to use this privilege that I now have, my 149th of a vote, to take that to the next level. And I expect folks to really diversify their boards, their lobbyists, you know, their, their uh, people that they bring to the table. Because I'll tell you, every lobbyist that I've met does not look like me. And that's a problem. So I believe that I am going to change the conversation because I'm demanding it. I'm very honored to be here, and I also realize that there's so many people that look like me that will not be here, that will never be here, and who's going to speak for them? And that might have to be me, and I hope that is really all of you. My goal, if I can do anything, is to get all of you to start to think a little bit differently, to think who's not at the table, who should you hire next? Should your next hire look just like you? Or should your hire look like me? And I'll leave that for you to ponder. 
I want to sort of speak, if I can. I can't, so I'm not really allowed to or authorized to, but I'm going to do it anyway. On behalf of sort of at least the attendees here and the folks that read our Washington State Wire, and as I would to the other members, the freshmen who are not here, Democratic or Republican, I think everybody in the Wire community really wishes you well and hopes for your tremendous success. Let me ask this of each of you, and I'll just start with you, Lisa. Do you have a member of your caucus that has taken you under their wing, his or her wing, to sort of mentor you a bit? Or is there someone that you sort of gravitated towards early that you are sort of beseeching of guidance uh, from as you work through this process? Well, I have to say I don't have one. I have several. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so with that, in that regard, I mean, I think looking to see how policy has been presented, how policy is going to be sustained over time, and the work that it takes to create good policy, that's what I'm looking for. Um, I really appreciate being able to reach in and have those conversations. I think I'm still feeling my way, but I certainly have people that I have developed relationships with as a school board director that I already know well, and so having those conversations has been extremely fruitful as well. Claire, how about you? Anyone taking you out of the wing? Well, first, um, I felt very uh, humbled coming in, and um, I think sometimes you don't know what you don't know, and you don't know that oftentimes um, people come to elected office through sometimes through a PCO route, you know, a precinct committee officer. Your perspective and what you know and how you know it is very different than coming from a place where you just end up here. I've never run partisan race before. I've been an issue person. What I appreciated the most was the value of the expertise that I brought um, and that I bring. And um, history repeats itself. And I'm on this end of the age spectrum, not on this end of the age spectrum. And so um, being able to value the history and understand kind of where things have come and where we don't want to reinvent wheels we've already tried to reinvent or where we've done things and they've disappeared and you wonder where all that goodness went. Those things have been valued. We, uh, I had a mentor while I was running um, during my campaign um, just to talk about the complexities of that. And then each of us as freshmen uh, senators were given, if you will, or um, uh, we have mentors. Um, and again, an identified mentor that will help us through. But the um, openness of all of the colleagues in the the Senate has been absolutely amazing, and I'll say the same thing for staffers. It's absolutely amazing, and feel humbled every single day to walk through those doors. And I'm used to doing a lot of things and everything myself, and that's a very different world um, than being an elected official, also very different from a school board director. So there's um, a lot that, uh, that I need to do uh, to give back to those folks that got me where I am, and that's what I'll be doing. You notice they both gave great answers, neither of which answered the question. Right. So, uh, well, I just you can keep it in the caucus. That's fine. Um, I, do you do you want to share, Mona, Jesse, yeah. names of people that are mentoring you? I had some secret mentors when I was running uh, for race because I was uh, running against another Democrat. But um, you know, again, I, I felt very welcome. But people who've who've reached out to me, and, you know, I've been reaching out to as many senators as I can. There's campaign visits to wrap up. There's child care. So. Time is limited, but um, I think it's really important for me to reach out to as many senators as I can. I've been doing that, but people that have reached out to me um, fairly consistently, Guy Palumbo, uh, Reuben Carlisle, Jamie Peterson, and then I got my official mentor, Kevin Vandaway. He's considered a little bit more 
uh, moderate, um, but I'm going to be the vice chair of natural resources, ag water, natural resources, and parks. He's going to be the chair. And so we both actually share a passion for salmon. I'm actually excited uh, to work with him on salmon recovery uh, as it relates to orca predation, right? I mean, not only is it important uh, in and of itself to have salmon recover, but but this is a year where people are focused on it because of the orcas and because of the court rulings on culverts. And so I think there's really a lot of, of uh, ability to move this agenda forward to, to bring back our salmon runs and really no time to lose. And so I think that mentorship is going to be key in terms of getting bills through the, through the process. The orcas can't wait. Right. <laughs> um, running for office is hard. And I... The caucus staff, the campaign caucus staff, was incredible. I felt supported and loved and taken care of. And 11 o'clock at night when I was having a freak out, there was someone I could call that was other than my campaign manager. I feel so supported. I've had mentors all along. I'm a relationship builder. I'm a community builder. I'm a super connector. I've even written a book about being a super connector. And um, relationship building is the number one, one of the strengths I have. And so... You know, I've reached out to Republican um, senators as well as I'm, you know, reaching out to the Democrats as well because we've got to work together. Uh, we have no time to waste, and the issues that we have in our communities are pressing. And so I feel very supported. My um, assigned mentor is, uh, is Karen Kaiser. Uh, during the campaign, it was uh, Senator Saldana, and I have great relationships with both of them. I have, I mean, who isn't a mentor for me? I mean, anytime I call anybody, they're right there that phone gets answered it, it is it's incredible and i'm honored to be amongst the democratic caucus i think we are gonna really in a bipartisan way my first bill is in the hopper as of yesterday and there's already bipartisan support there's already two um, republicans that signed on to that bill and claire thank you claire um so i'm i feel so supported and i feel i mean i'm never going to know everything right like we're never all going to ever know anything but uh to get started and like we've all mentioned before, to be in leadership immediately and to have vice chairships, I think that speaks a lot for um, Senator Billig and what he's uh, making the, the new fresh men and women uh, feel valued. You know, I come, I come from a very different background than most of the folks in the Senate regarding my housing and regarding my sustainability background and so, and my life experience as an immigrant. So I feel... I feel valued. Questions from you? Would you please tell us about your first bill, Senator-elect? I would love to. Thank you for asking. It's, um, it's for Habitat for Humanity and some other organizations like that, Catholic Charities. And what it is is um, when they build uh, new homes, they have their taxed on lumber or nails or um, they have to pay taxes for the plumbers or electricians that they hire which adds costs to, obviously, the bill, the houses. So it's about $10,000 per house that's added in taxes, sales, uh, sales tax. So it's a bill to give them an exemption for that. What is the most, uh, uh, Claire, the most surprising thing so far? There's always a surprising thing about campaigning, and then pretty soon you go through it, and you're working your way, and you kind of know what you're doing, even though it's hard and grueling, but you kind of know. And then campaign ends abruptly in many cases, not in every case, uh, but in many cases it ends abruptly and then you become a semi-public official. 
what has been the most surprising thing for you in the last five weeks since the election? I kind of consider myself a humble person, and I feel very uncomfortable coming in a room and having people pay a lot of attention to you because I'm the one usually have spent 35 years creating a space for other people whose voices have never been heard and feel a little awkward uh, about the attention. And I'm an extrovert in many ways, but I'm really an introvert um, when it comes to myself. I'll put anybody else and speak about someone else. But um, so for me, it is the fact that people see uh, winning an election as a huge body of work and that um, anyone who um, puts in such time uh, to something like this deserves that kind of attention. And my mindset and my mind shift is anyone who would invest in me and put themselves on a line to believe that I will do the job to represent them deserves much more attention than I. And so at the very time people are pointing something at me, I would like to be able to shine a light back on um, other people. That's just who I am. So probably the attention is what's, um, and it, it's for a good reason. Uh, I understand that, but it's also, it's a little disconcerting. I was at an event a little earlier over lunch and sitting with um, folks from One America, parents I've known for 15 years, and um, they're friends of mine, and their question was, what should we call you? And I said, Claire. Claire. <laughs> um, uh, because they also feel uh, very, very kind of uh, conflicted, if you will, about honoring one, but also um, wanting to make sure people understand I'm still the same person I was. I put my pants on every day, take my garbage out. You don't want to see what my house looks like because I haven't really cleaned it since I ran for office. Um, And I've been eating salads in a bag for months and months and months. Um, Those are the things I want people to know, and I want them to not forget about me. Jesse, how about you? What what would you like people to know about you, particularly in this audience and those listening to this podcast? What would you like them to know about you as they seek you out to advocate on their issues, as they try to get to know you to sort of work with you on particular bills, what is the message you'd like as a new, re- or as someone who's going to be building a lot of new relationships? So I want to say the biggest surprise to me was, just like Claire was saying, it took me five days after the election to clean out my house and my cars. I found my son's Cheerios from 10 months ago <laughs> in the cars. I mean, there was no time for any kind of normal human life during the campaign for 10 months and so uh, it's a little bit more normal now but not a lot mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think it'll ever be back to normal <laughs> uh, in terms of who I am so I guess you could say I, I try to my approach is uh, I guess I my biggest fear is to step on landmines so what that means for me is I try to understand what's going on what the lay of the land is where people are at in the legislature uh, before I you know make a bold pronouncement or step step forward. Uh, and that's not out of fear or reluctance. That's just out of making sure uh, that if I'm carrying an issue or a cause, that I'm going to carry it as far as it can possibly go and that I'm not going to stand in its way by doing something, you know, that I shouldn't do. Uh, so, you know, like I told 
Andy, uh, you know, I'm here first to just listen and get some wisdom. Uh, I have issues that I want to work on. And I found, luckily and thankfully, that I'm not the only one, right? So I want to work on climate change. So does probably everybody in the caucus. I want to work on early childhood education. So does everybody. Uh, I want to work on tax fairness, whether it's a property tax cut and or uh, capital gains tax. We need to we need to work on that. So the other thing is, and my father says this best, he, he says, I'm a public extrovert and a private introvert, mm-hmm. right? So I can't have interaction 24-7. I, I, there's times where I need to, like, withdraw. But but I think the, the other side of the coin of that is if I'm with you, I'm going to try to give you 100% of my energy and my time and, and make that a productive conversation. I'm not going to be in 10 places all at once. Um, so we're going to have a great time working together, I think. Mona, same question. In fact, you can answer either or both. But particularly, what would you like people to know about you as they seek out? You've already sort of explained that a little bit, but kind of as a final point, what would you like them to know about you as they seek you out to work with you? Sure. Well, to answer the question about what surprised me the most, I think it's just like how much support there was out there. And um, there was a lot, you know, particularly after, as you might have heard, my opponent had some interesting thing happen during the campaign. And so what changed the conversation for me was the support that, that showed up afterwards. And I'm a three-time survivor myself. And so that changed the race for me and many of the women that worked on my campaign that were also survivors. And it became real. And it became a mission. And um, so that was surprising, was who who supported and, who, and frankly, who didn't, right? There was a lot of folks that ran the other direction. And um, what you should know about me is that I don't hold grudges, but I don't forget. Um, you should also know that I am 100% extroverted on the Myers-Briggs scale. <laughs> yeah, Jesse and the folks, are, uh, the folks that went to D.C. with me a couple weeks ago found that out the hard way. <laughs> come on, let's go. The next place, come on, come on. Um, I am always, I love to be the life of the party. I love to close the places down. Um, and I don't really drink, so it's not about drinking and all the merriment, but I am extroverted like 100%. It's a little bit interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm very honest, too. Um, you can, you know, if you give me a good, I'm a salesperson, right? I've been in sales my whole career. A lot of lobbyists, I, I feel, are, are salespeople, too. So I get you, you get me. Let's have a conversation. You can definitely change my mind, and I hope that I can change yours. I need it to be an open dialogue uh, between everyone, you know, and, and that includes other legislators as well. I'm, I'm a kumbaya kind of person. I'm, re- I'm ready to, you know, figure out how to just make a difference. I really, climate change is, if we, if we all know what it's like to not breathe. When those fires are going, they're very connected to what it's like to not mitigate climate change. And then we all have amnesia and we forget. Well, the orcas can't wait, we can't wait, and you know, I'll just leave you with this. We are not trying to save the planet, okay? The planet is going to be just fine. We are literally trying to save civilization. And I don't have kids, but y'all do. So let's do something, and we can't wait. And that's what you should know about me. I don't have time to wait. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. So 
Lisa, I want to give you a chance to answer that question about what should people know about you as uh, they seek you out. I think for my um, the change between the campaign and now jumping into the work is that I kind of felt like a fish out of water with the campaign and and that work and uh, being on all the time and just going going. Um, but what I really really and just energized by in the conversation, even though it is a fire hose and it is overwhelming and we don't know a lot coming in, is that getting into the policy work and really making sure that we're creating something that is, is going to last and really make a difference and affect each and every individual, every business, every person that lives in our state is um, a tremendous responsibility, hugely humbling and deserves serious depth and attention. And even though we have to be fast and at pace, I really want to understand when somebody's coming to me, I want to understand what the tension points are. I want to understand why there's heat, where the heat's coming from, and then how do we get to where we can have win-wins wherever we can do that and how do we have that conversation. I think system system thinking, and usually it's, um, it's trade-offs and it's a matter of, of figuring out um, the big puzzle piece. So that's how I think, that's how I work, and that's the conversation I want to have when you're coming to have a conversation with me about how, um, what is the issue, what is the problem, how is your view of it, who's not at the table, and why is that voice not at the table? Do you tell me the other side, whatever you're thinking, so that I understand how your view of the world is and how we make sure that we've got representation from every side so that whatever comes out in policy is really going to be the best policy that we can possibly do with what we have today. Uh, Ralph Monroe, former Secretary of State. Sir, we don't have time for a question, but can we get a comment from you with some... some can I just say I haven't voted Republican very so, often, uh, sir, but I voted for you. <laughs> so uh, this is my 53rd legislative session in, in the building, 53 years, and I just have a little bit of advice. And Whether you're Republicans or Democrats, I would give you the same advice. And, the first is the campaign's over, and try to put some of that behind you. Uh, try to put some of the partisanship behind you uh, as as you go through these next uh, few days. Second is to listen. Uh, we have a great deal of difficulty as a, as public officials to learn how to listen, but it's very 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 important in my mind. Third is to learn learn about the whole state. Most of you represent the urban west side. Try to learn as much as you can about the whole state, every single aspect and issue that it has, because you'll find that lots of problems are very much uh, interconnected. Uh, fourth is to try to make friends on both sides of the aisle. Value every member. And you'll have issues you don't agree on and so forth. You'll find you, you'll have just as many disagreements in your caucus that you have in the other caucus. So try to make friends on both sides of the aisle, because in the long haul, that's what's really, really important, and that's what our citizens want. And then um, finally, I would say that remember that your worst enemy at 2.30 p.m. might be your best friend at 3.15. So uh, value each person and try to build those relationships, and you'll all do very well. Thank you. Thank you. It reminds me of uh, Richard DeBolt when he was minority member of the House, uh, minority leader uh, of the House Republicans would say to incoming freshmen, forget all that stuff that you've heard. Democrats are not the enemy. The Senate is the enemy. <laughs>
Thank you, guys. Uh, Senator-elect Mona Doss, Senator-elect uh, Jesse Solomon, Senator-elect Claire Wilson, and Lisa uh, Callen, Representative-elect. Let's give them a round of applause, please. Thanks very much for listening to this podcast and for supporting us at the Washington State Wire. Emily Berger produced this podcast. We had support from folks like Sarah Gensler, Brandon Johnson, Aaron Horton, Kariana Wilson, Rita Waldrop, Margie High, and Laura Lumberg on our team. Again, my name is DJ Wilson. We'd love to have you read our stuff at The Wire. Sign up for our weekly Morning Wire email or our Daily Wire email for the best news and information out of Olympia during the legislative session. Thanks again.